open doors no man can open who can heal a heart that once was broken only you can only you can welcome to season three episode seven of the rise podcast this is brandon garland i apologize for the big delay between episodes i have been in a great season of my life, but a transitory season of my life. I'll give you a brief update to start the episode, and then I'll bust a couple of worship myths, answer a couple of worship questions that I think are heavy and consistently asked by people. And I think that'll be helpful for you. I think we'll help together realize that worship is a lot more than an action done once a week, and it's more of a lifestyle. But before we get to that, let me just tell you, uh, since May 2017, I was employed at First Baptist Charlotte. I was serving in our static student ministry team, primarily focused on uh, high school discipleship, as well as our preaching team. Um, It was an absolute blessing, honor of my life, got to serve, I would argue, some of the best students and families in the world. And I got to serve on one of the best teams in the world. And I did got to serve some of my best friends with some of my best friends. And it was a privilege and an honor. And over the course of the last few months, I've been interviewing for a position that I accepted uh, about two weeks ago and had my first day, uh, not, not this Monday, but this past Monday at a church called Forest Hill, uh, serving as the, the technical word is the program specialist. But in essence, I am... Uh, overseeing the program and discipleship of the students of Forest Hills Waxhaw campus. So really, really far south in Charlotte, and it is almost in South Carolina. It's awesome. Uh, God's already doing great things in Forest Hill as a whole. It's been around for uh, multiple years. Our current senior pastor, David Chadwick, has been leading the charge for 40 years, uh, has grown the church from 200 people to uh, in the tens of thousands, uh, we have six campuses and God is really moving. So grateful to be a part of the team. And I will say one sign that you're doing ministry for the right reason is that you're doing it not for the platform, but for the people. And so I am extremely grateful and humbled to be in the position I'm in right now, but I missed the people I was doing ministry with and doing ministry for in my past season. So if any of you are listening, I love you so much. Excited for this new season. I really believe God led me into it. And it really was an example of when you serve faithfully where you are, God will be the one who opens the next door. I wasn't looking for a new opportunity. I wasn't looking for a bigger platform. I was just trying to be faithful. And God showed me that there was a new door opening that he was leading me into. And so I think a lot of life and ministry is choosing to be faithful where you are, not trying to scheme your way ahead in life, which a lot of us myself included, are guilty of. So without further ado, let me bust what I believe are three worship myths or answer three worship questions. So let's get right into the content, fresh content uh, here the week of Thanksgiving. First and foremost, I want you to know that worship isn't a feeling. It's a response to a fact. Worship isn't a feeling. It's a response to a fact. This talk is based off of a talk that I gave at Forest Hill uh, Advance. That's our student ministry on Sunday night. I think it's still going to be fresh uh, for those of you who may have heard that, but really want you to realize that worship first and foremost isn't 
based in your feelings and it isn't there to produce a feeling. It's a response to a fact. Now, the truth of the matter is I walk into worship services at least three, if not four to five times per week. So I'm in worship services a lot. And to be quite honest, I don't always feel like worshiping, whether I'm just tired that day, I have things in my life that are clouding my vision of God's goodness. I walk in to worship services oftentimes not feeling like worshiping. And to take that a step further, I walk into gatherings that I'm supposed to speak at, not necessarily wanting to speak every time. And I found that the way that I speak when I don't want to speak and the way that I worship, regardless of how I feel, is by realizing my worship isn't just there because it's what everyone else is doing in the room and it's what good Christians do. It's a response to the fact that God loves me. Because here's the thing, I can get goosebumps from a concert. I don't worship for goosebumps. I'm praising God because he's worthy of it. And the fact is, God loves you. God loves me. He died for me. So I'm not worshiping him because I feel good and everything in my life is perfect. I'm worshiping God because the fact is, he sacrificed everything to bring me into his kingdom and his family. I don't worship because my circumstances are perfect. I worship because God's character is good and he's deserving of my worship in every situation. And practically speaking, there is nothing more important in life as a human than realizing that you're not in control of everything. And when I worship, I translate and and convince my mind that's consistently trying to figure every problem in my life and in the world out, I remind my mind, I'm not the one in control. It releases me from the need to fix everything and reminds me of the one who's already worked it all out. And if he's in control and he's already working it all out, why wouldn't I praise him? I love that Psalm 104 says that I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. I really believe that worship isn't a feeling, it's a decision of your will. So when I want to sing, I sing. But when I don't want to sing, I'm still going to worship because it's not based on a feeling, it's based on the fact of his love. Number two, worship isn't a sometimes action, it's an everyday lifestyle. Worship isn't a sometimes, a once a week action, it's an everyday lifestyle. And worship isn't really just done to music with your four or five song set list at church. It's a lifestyle of gratitude to God and dependence on God. I really believe that anything done in gratitude to God and dependence on God is an act of worship. Because yeah, I can worship and sing my favorite song to God, depending on him to provide for me and thanking him for all he's done for me. And that's worship, obviously. But it's also worship when I'm depending on God to give me the grace to not want to drop kick my sibling in the face or to giving the grace to love the people at my workplace that are hard to love or to depend on him to give me the grace to make it through the tough assignment and the tough season that I don't know how to make it. That's worship to walk in dependence. And it's worship to look at a sunset and instead of just thinking, wow, that's beautiful, to think, wow, that's beautiful. Thank you, God. It's doing everything in your life out of gratitude to and dependence on God. So yeah, I walk in 
to worship services consistently. And when I feel like it and when I don't, I lift my hands and I sing loud and I lose myself in worship because God is worthy of it and it's my lifestyle, but I don't stop when I walk out the door. I want every aspect and area of my life to be worshiped. So I'm consistently trying to find ways to be grateful to God and to depend on God. Worship is an everyday lifestyle. Every action you do, every job that you do, there is no secular job. Every job can be done to the glory of God, and it can be an act of worship by doing it with thanksgiving. God, thank you for this job. And out of dependence, God, let me not just do this to get it done, but to give you glory by doing it excellently. Everything can be worship when it's intentionally done to please and praise God. Number three, worship isn't just a feeling, it's a response to a fact. Worship isn't a sometimes action, it's an everyday lifestyle. And number three, praise isn't just a response to God's provision in the past. It's a doorway to his deliverance today. And I think all of us, if not all of us, many of us know, even if we don't always remember it, but we know that God is all that we need and that he has what we need. And that no matter what we're facing, that God is greater. And I think it's interesting that Psalm 22 verse three says that God inhabits the praises of his people. The modern day translation of that could say something like, when your praises go up, the blessings come down. That when my praise rises, his presence falls. And you don't just lift your voice out of thankfulness for what God's done in your past. I lift my voice believing God for what he's going to do in my future. And I've said this principle before, but it's changed my life. So I want to, I want to give it to you again. It takes no faith to praise God for what he's already done. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, but it doesn't take faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things unseen. So when I praise God for something he hasn't done yet, as if it was already done, that is the doorway to my destiny. That is the path to his presence. That is the way that I experience the breakthrough is that I praise God before it happens like it's already done. And I worship not just when I want to, but when I don't want to, because when I don't want to worship and I do it anyways, that's what the Bible calls a sacrifice of praise. And sacrifice is a space that God can inhabit. When I sacrificially worship when I don't feel like it, I provide a space in my heart and in my life for God to operate and to move and to provide his presence and his blessings and his abundant grace. So the Sundays when I don't feel like coming to church, I show up early. And the days that I don't feel like worshiping at all, I lift my hands and I sing even louder and I stomp my feet and I clap my hands because when the last thing I want to do is sing, the greatest thing I need to do is worship. And the greater my sacrifice is, the larger the space that God can inhabit. And I've really found that all of us are worshiping all the time. Everything we do is worship. The question is, who is the worship done to? Who are you depending on? Yourself, the people around you, or God? Who are you thankful to? Myself, I made this happen. It's all me. I came up, that's all me. No help, that's all me. To my family, to my, it's, it's God who did it. Everything I do is done in dependence on and worship to someone. I want to do it in worship to God. And I want to praise him, not just for what he's done in my past, but I want what he's done in my past to be fuel for what he's going to do in my future, to fuel my faith, to believe for the impossible. 
And when my praises go up, his presence comes down. And when his presence comes down, there is no demon in hell and darkness on earth that can stop God from moving in my life. If he moved heaven and earth to save my soul, he's going to do it all for me today. So my worship doesn't just praise him for what he's done in the past. My worship produces the pathway to his presence to bring my destiny in the present. Worship him in spirit and truth. Give it everything and watch what he does in your life.